Welcome, neighbors, to Hometown Earth, the podcast that brings a down-to-earth approach to all of your sustainability questions. I'm your host, Lena Sanford, here on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Here, we believe that everyone can change the world. Do you believe? I'm a Midwest gal with big dreams to discover what it takes to reduce my impact on this beautiful place we call Hometown Earth. Join me every Tuesday as we navigate what actions we can take, big or small, to make a positive impact in your life and the lives of your neighbors on Hometown Earth. Hello, neighbors. I want to thank you for joining me on another episode of Hometown Earth. It means the world to me that you are here spending your time with me to learn how to live a more sustainable life. And I want to make sure that I'm giving you all that you need. So if you have any questions or suggestions about what you want to hear, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Hometown Earth, and I will absolutely love to connect with you. But let's get into it for now. Okay, so raise your hand if you can relate to being overwhelmed at a convenience store lined with rows upon rows of plastic bottles for your personal care. They all have bright labels claiming it's going to make you clean, shiny, pampered, beautiful, all of the things. And you finally pick a few of these bottles because let's face it, the marketing techniques make it hard to walk away from just to take them home to a bathroom drawer or a shelf that's already cram-packed with plastic bottles of products that claim the exact same thing. I know both of my hands are raised here, so do not feel guilty. You know, our personal care routines have become really plastic heavy, and it's harmful for the environment and ourselves. Many bathroom and self-care products nowadays are unfortunately laced with unnecessary harmful chemicals that can affect our endocrine system and our overall immune health, and they're wrapped up in an unsustainable plastic bow. They are designed to be one and done by these companies. You know, use it, dispose of it without second thought. So it's not your fault. Major brands are really lacking on clearly labeling what can be recycled which leads to confusion on the consumer end. And unfortunately, plastic has a really low rate of actually being recycled. So here's where we turn to more eco-friendly, plasticless options. Well, why should you buy eco-friendly? The typical purpose is to have something reusable, less resource-intensive, less toxic, and something that's just safer for the environment, wildlife, and all of your friends and neighbors on hometown Earth. I am positive that when you make the switch to more eco-friendly options, you'll find yourself with minimal shelves of products that you know will truly make you feel clean, healthy, beautiful, and happy with a stamp of approval from Mother Earth herself. I will start with a disclaimer that the best way to be sustainable is to use what you have before you go out and buy another eco-friendly product. It took me a long time to make some of these swaps because I had bottles of just the same product that took months for me to go through. I just only replaced what I needed with an eco-friendly option when I actually needed to. And I'm glad it took me some time to go through what I already had because it gave me time to research what options of replacements that I had in front of me and what would work best for me. Instead of waiting until, you know, a product ran out and impulsively purchasing something that was cheap and more readily available since I needed it and I wasn't prepared to make a better decision. You've heard me and other guests on this podcast talk about how it's best to make one switch at a time so you don't get in over your head 
or your wallet. And I don't want you to get overwhelmed with the options for a more sustainable bathroom either, like a sustainable convenience store that's just living up there in your head. (laughs) So we're going to keep it to a simple five easy switches that you can make to achieve a zero waste or eco-friendly bathroom. And let's start with something we all use, toilet paper. I actually made the switch to bamboo toilet paper early on in my journey because obviously we go through so much of it and it was easy to buy an eco-friendly replacement online. But I didn't really look into the production process or why bamboo or recycled pulp was better for the environment until recently. The long and short of it is that most toilet paper is made from virgin pulp. They take the tree, strip it, chip it, and use a process called digestion, which essentially uses massive amounts of water and chemicals to make this thing called slurry. And to my personal horror, it looks exactly like a huge spit wad. But then they bleach it, they heat it, and they press it into this nice little roll that we're all familiar of that just gets instantly flushed down the toilet, making it a single-use paper product. So what can you do? One of the options is buying recycled toilet paper. Buying recycled toilet paper essentially is diverting paper away from landfills, reducing the demand for living trees to be forested, and using half of the water to produce with much less harmful chemicals than regular paper production. If you're buying recycled, look for one that doesn't use inks, dyes, or fragrances like the brand Who Gives a Crap, and they also give back 50% of their profits to help build toilets because, not so fun fact, 2.4 billion people don't have access to a toilet. And because of that, waste typically ends back up in water sources, contaminating food and people. So needless to say, it's a really good cause. You could also buy bamboo toilet paper, which is my preferred choice because it's typically softer than the other alternatives that I've found, and bamboo is the fastest growing plant on the planet, so it's a renewable resource. Just make sure it's sustainably sourced. Real is the company that I use, and they give a toilet for every roll purchased, as well as partnering with Soil, which is an organization that works to turn waste into compostable material in Haiti. Another option is a bidet, which eliminates the need for toilet paper altogether and uses one-eighth of a gallon of water per use versus the 37 gallons it takes to make one regular roll of toilet paper. So there's a couple options here that might work for you. I would just say that if you can, try out maybe a couple different ones until you find the right one for you. The second switch that is easy to make is from a disposable razor to a safety razor. And I am shocked at how much more I love a safety razor for the sake of my skin because with less razors going over your skin, there is way less irritation and bumps. And I know it's great for my wallet because I don't have to keep buying overpriced razors for the rest of my life. It's only one stainless steel razor that you change the blades on. Now, I will say that this product has a higher price tag up front, but when you look at the cost over the life of the product, it will save you so much money. The blades come in packs, so I am stocked up for at least the next few years without having to buy any more, and it takes up hardly any space on my counter or in my drawers. And the best part is that the blades are recyclable. The EPA estimates that 2 billion razors are trashed each year. You can fix this by using a safety razor, 
and recycling your blades in a metal recycling bin that is typically available in most cities. Or you can send them through TerraCycle, which is a company that partners with Gillette to send in all of your used blades and razors so that they can be properly recycled. TerraCycle has a lot of programs for recycling typically non-recyclable items, so it's definitely something you might want to look into. I will say that it takes just a little bit of practice to use a safety razor, as you have to hold it a little bit differently than a regular razor, and you can't take safety razors on a flight when you're traveling, so that's both something to keep in mind. Speaking of traveling, one of the benefits of switching to shampoo and conditioner bars is the ease of traveling versus taking their liquid counterparts. You don't have to worry about TSA limits, and you get more product in a smaller, plastic-free package. Most shampoos and conditioners are 80% water, while the bar versions are super concentrated and can last much longer than a bottle, saving you a lot of money. Since those liquid products have water in them, a lot of them require preservatives like triclosan and parabens to make them shelf-stable preventing separating and bacteria growth, but it can be really harmful to our bodies, most notably our endocrine system. And as the icing on this cake, the FDA doesn't approve cosmetics, including shampoos, so the fragrances that you smell are typically a lengthy concoction of different non-FDA approved chemicals. When I realized this, I decided that You know, I'm no longer interested in spending my hard-earned money on a product that's all water and chemicals in a pricey plastic container that really isn't helping my hair or my body. If you've ever seen sulfate-free on a shampoo bottle and didn't know what the heck sulfate is, it's essentially a strong detergent that is used to strip away dirt, which sounds good, but it's actually really harsh. So if your shampoo lathers extremely well, it most likely has sulfates in it. It strips our hair and our scalp of its natural oils and is usually the reason that a conditioner has to be paired with a shampoo to coat and hydrate our hair again. Sulfates can be petroleum, which means you could be using a non-renewable resource, or pommel-based, which is linked to deforestation, which is a stark difference from many of the shampoo bars you'll find that have essential oils, natural ingredients, and that are cruelty-free which is really good for your hair and the environment. And I will say the transition for this is hard for a lot of people. Since we're used to products that strip our hair, the natural oils usually overproduce when you stop using them, which makes a lot of people stop before they get to the good stuff. Since I had already cut down to only washing my hair once or twice a week a few years ago, I kind of already went through some of this transition. So the switch to a bar was only noticeable for the first few washes. And since then, I haven't needed as much conditioner. I'd say that if you're making the switch, have arrowroot on hand as a natural way to help with oiliness, and you can get that at the grocery store. And if you got darker hair, just add a little cocoa powder in it to match your color. Yes, I just gave you the secret recipe for your own natural dry shampoo, so use it wisely. How long have you been using carton milk? I can say I have for a while now, so I was beyond excited when I found a new and easy way to make plant-based milk with Joy. Joy is a minimally processed nut base with no added sugar and comes in 100% recyclable packaging, unlike traditional plant-based milks. My homemade biscuits have never been fluffier, and my sauces have never been creamier, thanks to adding Joy. Mix it up how you like it on your own terms. 
For 10% off of your purchase of Joy, visit addjoy.com. That's A-D-D-J-O-I.com and type in the code Lena Sanford. Now, here's the icky part. The same sulfates and chemicals that are usually found in shampoos can also be found in your toothpaste. I lived with my sister during her last year of dental hygiene school, so I picked up a few things, like the fact that our oral health is linked to our overall health more than we realize. Poor oral health can contribute to heart disease, diabetes, osteoporosis, and more. So really, anything that you're putting in your mouth, especially something as often as toothpaste, should be good for you because it has a widespread effect on your health. The chemical that I mentioned earlier that was in your shampoo, triclosan, was actually banned from antibacterial soaps because the FDA said that they couldn't prove it was safe, as it has been suggested to be linked with hormonal, allergy, and gut health issues. So if you wouldn't put it on your hands, you probably shouldn't be putting it in your mouth, right? The same thing goes for sulfates. They're harsh chemicals that are known to cause irritation, inflammation, dry mouth, and canker sores. And yep, they're extremely common in toothpastes. So you get the foaming sensation that we're all accustomed to, but, you know, is that really worth it? In my personal opinion, no. Over a billion toothpaste tubes, yes, I said a billion, are thrown away every year in the U.S. Now, that's the equivalent of over 50 Empire State Buildings worth of toothpaste tubes with chemical residue ending up in landfills or oceans, And due to their structure, they're not recyclable. If you're wanting to ditch your blue-dyed chemicals and pick up a real clean product that's good for you and the planet, you have a couple of options. I made the switch from toothpaste to toothbits from the company Bite, but they are available from a lot of companies now. They're little mint-sized bites that you bite down on and use your wet toothbrush to activate it into a paste. It is an incredibly easy switch to make, and I love how it has no harsh chemicals. There's no plastic involved from shipping to the product itself. It isn't tested on animals, and there's no sulfates or parabens. Not to mention that I can easily take it anywhere without the bulky plastic tube in my bag. The same goes for natural mouthwash tablets. You just activate them with water, ditching the plastic and the harsh chemicals for something way better for you. Another option is buying a similar toothpaste powder where you can take your clean, wet toothbrush and dip it into the powder. If you're not ready to make the full switch from the tube, you could opt for a metal toothpaste tube. Now, there's some companies out there like David's or Risewell that come in these metal toothpaste tubes and are natural, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. These tubes are recyclable with metals, but you do have to do a little work on them before putting them in the recycling bin like opening them up and washing out the inside. Either way you choose, you still have to use a toothbrush to get the job done. The main issue with plastic toothbrushes is that they aren't recyclable and they take a long time to break down. So the first ones that were made 90 years ago are still out there in a landfill. And as a matter of fact, 50 million pounds of toothbrushes are added to U.S. landfills each year, which is a lot of plastic. So you definitely want to consider replacing your toothbrush with a non-plastic alternative when your old one is done for. Electric toothbrushes kind of fall into the same trap because most of them require a plastic head to be replaced every three months. I mentioned why I liked bamboo earlier, so I went with a bamboo toothbrush as my replacement. 
And if you're wondering, this type of bamboo is called mozo bamboo, and I'm probably saying that wrong, so forgive me, but it's a different kind than the pandas eat. So you can take that little sigh of relief right now. But if you're going this route, check to see if the bamboo is sustainably sourced and that it's a single piece of bamboo that doesn't have any glue or preservatives as a coating. Usually companies that have these features are pretty upfront about it in the item description or the ingredients if you're shopping online. After about three months when you're done with it, you just pull the bristles out with a tweezer and compost the handle. And if you don't already have a compost bin, you can just put them in your yard and honestly, they'll break down that way. Another option is a silicone toothbrush, which is a non-toxic alternative that lasts twice as long as a normal toothbrush and is 100% recyclable. Since they're easier on gums than traditional brushes, it can act as a gum stimulator as well. I, for one, am an aggressive brusher, so if you're like me, this could be a good option for you. When your toothbrush needs to be replaced, consider repurposing it to use it for household cleaning, like getting those hard-to-touch places in your tile with a little bit of water, baking soda, and your old toothbrush. So that's it. We just went through five ways to easily switch to a more eco-friendly bathroom. And for all my period people out there, if you want a bonus sixth tip for switching your feminine hygiene products, head over to lenasanford.com, linked in the show notes, and you can find a discount code on menstrual products that I use with a breakdown on why you should make the switch. So now that we feel good about our sustainable, attainable switches, are y'all ready to grow? On something to grow on this week, I just was thinking about the products that I'm using now and the ones that I hope to switch to when the time is right. And it made me think like it's almost like we're reverting back to a life before plastic. We feel like there has to be some new ways to reinvent the wheel, it seems like. But when in reality, the simplest, most effective solutions to our plastic pollution problem might be just looking in our past. You know, I text my aunt and all of the things that we talked about in this podcast were really close to what they used before the huge emergence of plastic in the 60s. You know, back to a time when your milk was still delivered to your house in a glass bottle. For instance, some of her examples were they used glass bottles for shampoos and conditioners, wooden toothbrushes, paper bags, metal containers for their toothpaste. Does that sound a little familiar to you? They bought local, ate local, drank local, all of the things that are common sense goals for all of my eco-friendly warriors and neighbors out there. You know, older generations can teach us so much about our past and our future if we just listen. So your challenge this week is to call your grandparents, your parent, or in my case, your aunt, literally just anyone you may know who grew up before the 60s and ask them what they used before plastics became popular. What did they use to clean the house? What was in their bathroom drawers? What was in their kitchens? And how did they get it? Take a page out of their book and see if you can incorporate it into your new sustainable routine. And don't forget to let me know on the Hometown Earth Instagram what you learn. I love to share it. When it comes down to it, y'all, it's about changing a lifestyle, living with a little more consideration and a lot less complication. Until next time, neighbors, thanks for joining me. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Hometown Earth as much as I did. Let us know by rating and subscribing so you never miss an episode. 
New episodes drop every week on Tuesday. Head to the show notes linked in the episode description for more details and let us know in the comments what you want to hear next. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts. And you can find more about the podcast on Instagram, at Hometown Earth, or connect with me at Lena Sanford. We all know change needs to happen. So let's get started right here at Hometown Earth. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.